Welcome back. This is episode two of I Have No Filter. I could not wait for Saturday to come so I can sit down and record the second episode of my podcast because for the first week of 2021, it's been insane. But before we get into that, listen to my theme music. Where to start? Wow, 2021. Thanks for being interesting. I'll tell you that much. Um, It's been crazy. Uh, If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you've basically been living under a rock and have not touched your phone since the new year began and have no idea possibly what I'm talking about. If that's the case, then I have no words for you. But if you do know what I'm talking about, then you know on Wednesday, the Capitol building was stormed by Trump supporters. Now, I was debating whether I want to talk about this or not because I know what I want to say, but I don't know how to say it, how to convey it. I, I know that some of my ideas that I have, you have to have an open mind about it because it took me a while to grapple with the thought of how did this happen? Right. Or not more so how it happened, but how it got to that extent is is baffling to me. It it really kind of threw me for a loop. And in a way, I wasn't shocked that it happened because for a long time, you know, his supporters were saying that, you know, something's going to happen. We're going to be blah, blah, blah. You know, their rhetoric that they like to say, they, you know, spew out. But it just looking at it and I'm like huh, okay, like, all you can do is just stare and just be amazed by how ballsy these people were, like, the audacity to think, like, hey, let's storm the Capitol building, let's interrupt the, the confirmation of Joe Biden's victory, like, it's, it's like that, it was, it was, it reminded me of, you know, a little kid going into the store and especially if you had like a black parent, like a black mom, and they give you that look, like that pep talk in the car, like, listen, you don't want nothing. You don't need nothing. You don't see nothing. You don't smell nothing. You don't taste nothing. We're going in. We're going out. That's it. You give me problems. We'll deal with it when we get back in the car. Right. So you go into the store and you just keep your head down. You look at the floor and you're like, you know what? My mom said, I don't need nothing. I don't see nothing. But then you peek and you're wondering if she saw you peeking. So you just look right back down. So it was like that. It was like kids who like to, you know, push the button. Mom, can I? And so they were the kids that really pushed the limit. They did the screaming, the hollering, the tantrum in the middle of the store. They, you know, knocked down things off the shelves and and. Freaking police officers were the parents trying to calm them down. Like, no, 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 it's okay. Stop, stop. I'm literally looking at this. I'm like, huh, that, that seems like they're having a tantrum. That's, that's nice. That's okay, cool. And I'm just looking at this thing like, oh my gosh, what is going on? And then... And another shocking part of it it's, is this is a federal building, right? This is this is in D.C. This is in D.C. The the Holy Grail, the the 
impregnable place where there's secret service throughout the city. There's police officers always roaming around. And I've been there. Like, I've been to D.C. I, I went there with my parents on vacation one time. And we were walking around near Howard, the Howard campus. And you can see them. Like, you see the secret service. You see them out. You see them at you know, the restaurants and they're posted up at certain corners, especially when you get closer to the White House. And it's just, you know, knowing that and knowing that I was there and I saw that and just to see everything go down, I was just like, huh, <laughs> you know, that's all I could do. Just make that sound. And it was, it was just, it was just insane. But the one thing that my boss kind of had to put in perspective for me, right? I didn't like it, but it's something that I needed to hear because I'm a big believer in progressing. I like progress. I don't like regressing, and it it doesn't help me in the long term. Let's take everything that they were standing for on both sides, the the rioters that that happened on Wednesday with the Capitol and in the summer. Let's take all that out. Let's look at the bottom line here. He said the bottom line is this. Those people in the summer that were looting and burning crap to the ground, they did that in their own city. Which, to me, to this day, I don't make sense. Like, why would you burn down your own city that you're trying to protect? Whatever. He said, that's wrong. Stealing is wrong. Burning property that's not yours is wrong. The rioters on Wednesday, what they did was wrong. Stealing something is wrong. Breaking into a building that's not yours is wrong. Both sides are wrong. No matter what the cause is, those actions are wrong. I think as people, we can all agree. Burning, stealing, it's something that's wrong. No matter what the cause is, no matter what you're doing, putting other people's lives in danger is wrong. Taking advantage of a situation to do something illegal is wrong. Get that. And you know, calling it a mostly peaceful protest when in the beginning it was people there in the beginning did, it was a peaceful protest. Like that's what they did. They were just walking the street. It's just as the night went on, as it got darker, people there for an ulterior motive kind of took advantage of looting and burning and, you know, just causing chaos. And it took away from the protest. And it did. Same thing I believe happened Wednesday. I believe people were there to protest. You know, I mean, to me, after a while, it didn't get dark or anything. But I think someone just got irritated and agitated. was like, you know what? Let's just let's just try and stop the voting. Let's just try and stop the confirmation. of And they just took it upon themselves to just storm the Capitol. And now, mind you, as as a black American, it did kind of throw me when, you know, a lot of police presence wasn't there or the national guard wasn't there like the national guard was there when the uh, black Lives matter protests were there at the capitol like they looked like they just looked like they were ready for war in the summer and i look at where they were on wednesday and i'm like huh (laughs) you know but listen here's the bottom line again no matter who you are white, black, Asian, Hispanic, I don't want you to get hurt, right? I don't want a human life to be taken at any point. 
and that's how I'm where I'm going to leave it only because I'm not an expert. I would actually prefer someone come on the show to further explain who is a professional and who can give better insight on what I'm on what I'm saying and hopefully give you a better understanding of where how that cultivate and how that happens. So that's that's kind of my goal for the show. And that's where I'm going to segue into this new segment that I want to call What the Hell Do I Know? Because I'm young, you know, 24, don't know much, been on this earth for 24 years, and I just started in my career. So I don't know much. I'm not a professional in, almost, in, in anything yet. I don't know much about anything. So in order to give myself credibility or to give myself a better view on things, I need to bring professionals on the show to help me and to help you, my listeners, get, have a better understanding of kind of what's going on in our world, in our society, in our government. Because why would you listen to me if I don't know much? It, you know, I don't have any credibility. And that's that's why I want to start this new segment and basically have a professional either, either debunk my view or, you know, certify that what I'm thinking is correct because I have no idea. I am just going based off my emotions. I'm going based off my feelings. I'm going based off of what I read, of what I hear, of discussions. So, in order for me to have a more concrete view of things, I need a professional to kind of guide me in that direction. Now, I may not agree with what he or she has to say. Perfectly fine. We're all, you know, we're all entitled to our own opinions and to listen to one another. It's fine. But as long as as long as I think if we have that foundation, right, that 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 foundation of information, we can build off of that. And I think that's really important. So that's a new segment that I'll be adding to the show. I want to kind of go back to the first episode that I posted and where I talk about, you know, finding someone that is going to put a smile on your face, a good, you know, a grin from ear to ear. And funny enough, when I posted, <laughs> when I posted the episode, my boss listened to it and, you know, he gave me pointers and he said, man, Sydney, your idea of relationships comes from the free love movement. I said, well, what's that? Like, I've never heard of the free love movement. He said, go look it up. Go look it up and tell me what you think. So I did. Anyone that knows me knows I'm a history fanatic. And I I love to know about what happened in the past because it helps me shape who I am. You know, it helps me make decisions today and it shapes my future. So I looked it up. And this free love movement started in the 19th century. It was during the 60s, the 60s and 70s. And so basically... It stood for, it represented the ability to choose monogamous sexual partners and to have the option in ending the marriage or relationship when the love ended. So we all know in the 40s and 50s, marriage was a big thing, right? It wasn't really based off of love. It was more based off of economic status. Like what what man should a woman marry or what man should a what man should a woman marry? What woman should a man marry who will increase their economic status, who will increase their ability to live a better life? So it wasn't, it was more based off of the lifestyle than based off of the per, the individual person. And a lot of women during that time got fed up with it. So one woman in particular, her name is Victoria Woodall or Woodhall. I've Please forgive me if I pronounce her name wrong and you want to say, Sydney, that's stupid. That's not how you say her name. Well, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, she Victoria was the leader of the um, women's suffrage movement, and she also ran for president during that time, which was pretty cool. 
She was the first woman to own her own brokerage brokerage firm on Wall Street. She also started a weekly newspaper and was a very uh, strong advocate for women's rights and labor reform. So not to give you a history lesson or anything, but that's kind of where the free love movement kind of started. And it's very interesting on how it developed over time. So we all know in the 70s, we refer that to the hippie era. So before they kind of took that whole sexual freedom in the 70s, in the 60s, a lot of women took the free love movement as a way to take control of their love life, right? It, it gave them the ability, and men too, men during that time, it gave them the ability to choose who they wanted to be with, who they wanted to marry based off of love and not based off of something that's just going to put more money in their bank account. And it also gave the woman the choice to divorce the man because we know back then divorce wasn't a thing. You don't get divorced. It was death, death do you part in sickness and in health. They took that very seriously. And it reading up on the free love movement and kind of how it changed over time. So in the 70s, the free love movement was kind of altered into casual sexual partners, which was still very looked down upon because you were only supposed to be with one man in your life, right? There was no premarital sex. And that free love movement kind of changed that. It altered that idea of thinking of sexual partners, of marriage, of relationships. And so in the 70s, it's kind of funny when you read, when you read on it, it, that movement was kind of taken advantage of. Right. So when cults started forming and when women were still on that, I'm going to, you know, have as many sexual partners as I want. And men, men being men, not all, but some took advantage of that. So one of the initiation process was, especially for women, you had to be sexually open to a man that wanted you. So that that was one of one of many initiation processes, but that was one of them. And a lot of women got fed up with that. You know, they felt taken advantage of. They didn't like how it's how it ended. They didn't like what was going. So that is that is assumed to be one of the movements, the the feminist movement and how it started. And it's pretty interesting on how that that part that uh, that percentage of women who branched off and kind of said, well, I don't need a man. I don't do this, do that, whatever. So read up on the free love movement. It's pretty interesting. I don't want to get into this whole historical background of it, but I thought that was pretty cool. And it, and it, and my point of saying this and mentioning the free love movement, because it gives a better understanding of casual sex today. Like the idea of, you know, casual sex and, you know, it doesn't matter if, you, and it doesn't to me, I don't really care. You do what you do with your life. I, there's no judgments here. If that's what makes you happy, if you don't want to be in, with one person, then that's completely up to you. That's your decision. Your, you know, your lifestyle doesn't affect mine unless I am in the direct, you know, unless you're sleeping with my man, then it has to do something with me and I'm going to have to do something about it. <laughs> that, you know, that's what it affects me. But if, you know, if you're a woman, you want to sleep with 20 guys. If that's what makes you happy, then that's what makes you happy, right? I'm not going to sit here and judge you for it. And I know some men don't like that. Um, you know, I was in a relationship and my ex told me that if I had slept with a certain number of guys, like if there, if I exceeded his number of what he thought was an appropriate amount of guys that I'd been with, then he couldn't have been with me. And that really hurt because that was my past. 
right? I'm with you now. Whatever I did in my past has nothing to do with who I am now because I'm always changing. Like my idea of what I want in a guy is it's constantly changing based off of my experience. Everyone can exercise self-control, but for a woman that doesn't want to exercise that self-control, completely up to her. That's her choice, but it shouldn't reflect on the, on her relationship. Like if she chose to stop, right? We all know college. We've all had those college days, those moments. We all know what I'm talking about. But you get out of that. That's a phase. Like you transition out of that phase and you say, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I want a serious relationship. I want to be with one person. I got that out of my system. So for a woman to feel that way and to think that way and kind of come out of that, I commend her because you can keep going down that road. I don't believe in settling for something that's not going to help you along the way. And and I believe this this idea of not finding the one and you end up settling for something that's not even close to the one is an issue. And that's where the divorce rate comes. And that's why I say, oh, that's why people say, oh, the love runs out. Or, you know what, I'll just try my second marriage. Then if that's the case, then why get married in the first place? Like, what is the point? What is the point of being married if you know it's already going to fail? You know, I I just don't get that. And I think marriage is something that's very interesting interesting to me, especially in, in my generation where, you know, I find a lot of people around me, around my age are getting married. You know, a lot of people are getting engaged now. And, you know, after graduating college, they've either been together since high school. The couples have been together since high school or they've been together since college. Now they're getting married. They're thinking of having family and settling down. Some of them are my age, younger or a year or two older. And I'm, I always say, listen, congratulations. Some of the couples I knew and they've been together for a long time. But, you know, my friends and I, we have this conversation of do are we behind the eight ball? You know, I'm, I'm 24. I just graduated college a year ago and I'm I don't, I'm not in a relationship. I don't have a ring on my finger. I don't have any kids. Am I behind the eight ball? Am, am I putting too much of myself first and not making the effort to find someone to be with. And I say no. Hell no. Hell no. And I say that because I don't even know what I want yet. Right? I don't know I don't even know who Sydney is first. I need to know, I need to get me together. I need to to collect my thoughts. I need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself before I allow someone else in my space. And I tell my friends that all the time, my best friends, we have that conversation where, and, and I get it, you know, you're, you're single for a long time. You see people around you, they're getting married, they're in relationships, they're happy, they're go lucky. And you want that too. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. There's nothing wrong with wanting to feel loved, to wanting to be loved, to being comforted, to, you know, waking up to next to someone. There is nothing wrong with that. It is natural because we're built to be, we are built as a society to want to be with someone else, to want to, to want to be in a relationship. But for me and for my friends, the most important thing is being with someone who is not going to break you down, who is not going to make you feel like less of a person, right? Who's going to treat you well, who's going to treat you right, who's going to make you feel like the only person in their life. 
that is what's most important for me. And that's something I always convey to my best friend. It's like, listen, I know it's hard being single. It is. There's no doubt about that. But you want to make sure that the person that you consider yourself being with, it's someone that's going to truly accept you for who you are. It's someone that's going to truly want to be with you. And so that way, that trust, that the respect and the communication, it's there. You don't have to worry about him or her stepping out on you. You don't have to worry about, you know, every time they, you know, he's out with the boys or she's out with the girls that they're going to want to find someone else because they want you and they want you only. That idea of marriage is interesting to me because I'm wondering how important it is in my generation, right? Is it still considered sacred? Is it still considered this grand idea of I'm going to marry someone that I love. Is that still a thing? You know, one, one thing that I can differentiate women who just want the ring and women who really want the man. Right. And I hear uh, a lot. Some of women say like, Oh, it's my wedding and it's what I want. And I'm like, Hmm. Like, do you have someone waiting for you at the altar or is it just you? Is it just a mirror so that when you walk up to the altar, you're just marrying yourself? For me, marriage is together, right? It's me and my my fiance and I. It's our wedding. It's our day. It's how we want to celebrate it. And, And I know that women have this idea of how they want their wedding, how they want it to plan out. And it's not all about the bride, this is the celebration of the union of two people who love each other. It's your it's 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 a day where the two of you are celebrating your union, your joining of two lives, becoming one. So it's not just your day. It's the it's the both of you. You both are getting married. You're not getting you're not marrying yourself. If you're marrying yourself, girl have all the doves and flowers and whatever and the band whatever whatever you want have it but your fiance is someone that you've decided to marry and I and my belief or what I believe is planning a wedding is a direct reflection of how your marriage is going to be can you guys make decisions together can you sit down and find a common ground can you compromise can't, do you know, you know, how to budget, you know, Hey, this is my income. This is your income. What can we do? That's a marriage. I feel like the wedding day is basically like a, a playbook of how your marriage will be like the wedding to plan a wedding day is preparing for the game. And then the wedding day is the kickoff. And then the marriage is like that life. The It's just the ongoing game that will never end. You're always opening the playbook. You're always finding new plays to, to sort out, to get to the, to get, you know, to score. So is that, is that still important? Is marriage still important now in today's generation? And I, I don't, in my opinion, I don't think so. I think marriage is kind of like this goal that people think they want and then when they're actually in it, they're like, mm, I don't know anymore. And, it, you know, it, it's the idea of having a ring on your finger. You know, it, it, when women, for some, in my opinion, I believe when women have that ring on their finger, they accomplish something like, yes, I've mastered this phase in my life. 
it's not the excitement of marrying your person. It's the excitement of having the ring. And listen, that's not for all women. I'm not saying that all women kind of just want the ring. They're actually excited to marry the person they are. I'm just saying for the, and we, listen, we know who they are. We've seen them. We, we can spot them a mile away. They're excited for that ring on their finger. And that's something that I think that is, it, it's so, it's such a waste of time. It's, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It, for me, it's, marriage is still up in the air. I'll put it like this. Marriage is still up in the air for me. Maybe when I find that right person, they put a ring on it, I'll feel a different way. But right now, looking at everyone that's getting married, I'm really happy for them. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see where their life takes them. I just, because I, I think I haven't found that person for me yet. I, I don't know. I guess marriage is not on the, in the cards for me. All right, guys, this is episode two. Thank you for listening. I hope you stay tuned for episode three coming in next week, Saturday. And um, like and share. Follow me on on Instagram. I have no underscore filter. I'll be posting a soundbite from my podcast. And the link is in. You can find it on my website. If you follow me on my personal Instagram page, the link to my podcast is also um, in my bio. And I I hope you enjoyed episode two. And you guys just stay tuned to episode three.